As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that may never use Airbnb ever again, it's SIFPOP. Welcome to SIFPOP Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I'd never eat his photos for an afternoon snack. It's Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! Uh, each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. We're going uh, we're going with a horror show today, Andrew. How did that happen? Yeah. I have no idea. Why, why us? Why did it have to be us? <laughs> I think I tweeted a couple days ago that we were doing a couple horror movies this week, and then just the last sentence was, this is how much we love you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. we do this for you. Neither one of us are huge horror fans, uh, which kind of has, I think, pluses and minuses, right? Like, there's there's this idea that if somebody is a horror fan, maybe we're not speaking on the same uh, level of expertise as they are. And so if somebody's, you know, if you're listening and you love horror movies, it may be a little frustrating that that we don't have kind of the same breadth of knowledge or care for the genre. But at yeah. the same time, I think we offer an insight to many who are either periphery horror fans, like they like some horror movies, but not all of them, or other non-horror fans to know, is this one that I might want to watch? I'm hearing some buzz about it. And so both the movies we're talking about today have a little bit of buzz. They've both come out recently this year and both have some uh, critical buzz to them, some audience buzz to them. I've, I've seen a lot of kind of Twitter, Twittering about uh, these two movies. So uh, we're going to take a look at them and kind of give our insight as non-horror fans. Um, you know, is this something that that maybe you want to check out or maybe you want to see or, you know, Maybe not. Who knows? But uh, but we'll get into it. So yeah, I don't know. It's I think it's good for us every once in a while to do this. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, we're also going to since both of the horror movies, Relic and um, the uh, the Rental, uh, are both uh, basically one word R titles. We're also going to do the best ever challenge on uh, one word R titles. 
uh, yes. for our best ever challenge. Some good ones in there. And of course, we'll do yeah. our, our buried treasure as well. Um, but why don't we just get into it, Andrew? Let's just get into the review. Speaking of one word, ours. Uh, Let's reviews. make it happen, Captain. Uh, let's kick it off by talking about the rental. Let me show you out back, and then I'll get out of your hair. The stars are insane out here. I should have brought the telescope. What do you need a telescope in the city for? Unless you're like a peeping Tom or something. <laughs> Charlie! Tell me that's not a camera. Get through the night. We leave first thing in the morning. Two couples on an oceanside getaway grow suspicious of the host of their seemingly perfect rental house. Before long, what should have been a celebratory weekend trip turns into something far more sinister. Uh, This is Dave Franco's directorial debut, and it's been getting some buzz. It's uh, IFC Films, I think, bought it and distributed it. Um, so you've got a uh, decent cast here, people you probably know from other things, um, including Allison Brie, um, Dan Stevens, um, Jeremy Allen White, and Sheila Vand, and Toby Huss as well. And it really is just kind of those five in this movie, uh, doing their thing. So I don't know. What did you think, Andrew, uh, of the rental? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, I, unfortunately, I did not like it. Yeah, I, I'm still debating. I'm having a hard time because there's something about saying I don't like it that that feels a little wrong to me because I do like things about it. And, yeah. and, and so I think I'm going to go with low side if it was just okay. I think that's where I'm going to land. I, I come away from it going... Uh, I like the, just the general feeling of, eh, I, just, I didn't... There's enough about it that I didn't like that I think that's where the needle lands. Yeah, but it's a weird one because there is also stuff that I really did like about this um, this movie. So let's let's kind of get into it. What? Just give me some of your general thoughts. Well, um, for a directorial debut, I think that it shows good potential for Dave Franco. I think the movie is very well shot. Hundred <clears throat> percent agree. I think the movie is very well shot. Yeah. Uh, very. Uh, uh, it's. I think the movie. The big problem comes down to editing and pace. Those are the two things I think that are holding this one back, along with uh, maybe a not so uh, well thought script. Uh, performances are really good. I don't want to make it sound like that. I think that everybody's, you know, doing a very good job. It's, um, yeah, it's just it's weird because, like you said, there are a bunch of things in this movie that work, and you're like, wow, this has. I think it's. The maybe the reason why I have it lower is it's a it's a I, I saw a potential in this movie that wasn't realized. Yeah, yeah. And I think that might be why I'm like, oh, but if you would have just taken care of this, maybe you know, fleshed it out a little bit more, it could have been something worth writing home about. But as it stands, unfortunately, I can't you know give it the praise that I wanted to as yeah. I was watching. I'm like, oh, this is going to end up being really good. It's, it's a it's a very, very rushed third act that leaves me with more questions than 
satisfying, you know, answers. Yeah, I I think this movie completely botches the ending. Like completely botches it. Like in the and yeah. it's not and it's again, not a result of the direction, not a result of the acting. Uh it is a result of the writing. Um yeah. it's just this this is uh a severely disappointing conclusion to a movie that that could have like you said been something. Um you know, it, it should, with all the things it succeeds at, it should still be a good movie, right? Because it succeeds at the performances. I love pretty much everybody. I, I'll just say everybody. I love everybody in this movie. Toby Huss is so great in this. And he is, I, I fell in love with him uh, in Halt and Catch Fire, uh, watching that show. And I, I, just, I just think he's a really good actor. I love him in this. Allison Brie is great. She's so talented. Dan Stevens is great in everything that he does. I just, I really love this cast. So that should make it watchable and fun. Um, I think Dave Franco is really talented uh, behind the camera and putting together a mood and an atmosphere. And in one place, yeah. I, I agreed with almost everything you said. The one place I will disagree uh, is the same place I disagreed last last week, I think. Uh, I don't think the pacing is bad on this. I think it's very intentional. And uh, I never found myself bored. I always found myself interested in... in, in I'll finish the thought. I always found myself interested in what was going on in the story and what these characters were going to do, the choices they were going to make. Um, you know, their their character development is very full. I feel like we have a real understanding of the relationships between these people, all of those things. And it's almost what makes the end of this movie even more disappointing is the fact that all of that stuff works, but there wasn't enough effort into the story to go, here's how we make this an interesting conclusion. Here's how we draw some lines that mean something. This this movie doesn't really mean anything. It's just observational. Yeah. There's no, there's no, I mean, obviously it says something about, um, I'll keep it broad enough, and I actually probably do want to talk spoilers on this. We probably do will uh, do a sift spoil, because I do think there's some things I want to mention about the ending. But um, but the the movie talks a little bit about technology to keep it broad, and I understand that it's it's kind of making a point about that, but it doesn't really do anything with it that that you feel any kind of. It's almost like yeah, that's something I know. Like duh, <laughs> you know, like the, the movie doesn't do anything interesting with that thought, and it certainly doesn't tell you anything. It's not it's not you're not learning anything um, about it. There's no metaphor here, at least not one that I saw. Um, you know, so it's not like, Oh, thank God. I was, I was like, man, please, Aaron, uh, hopefully that he can tell me what the metaphor for this movie was. Cause as it stands, like, I don't get it. I don't get what the movie's trying to no, tell me. I think it's all really right on the nose. I think it's very yeah. observational and, and I think it's to the, to the film's, uh, I think it's to the film's detriment again, only because it botches the ending. If it lands the ending and it's observational, that's a whole different story. It can be still interesting and observational, um, but it just it just doesn't, and I think that's that's what's so frustrating is all the pieces are here, and you can see that Dave Franco is is uh, has the has what it takes to to do good direction. You can feel it in this movie uh, right from the get go. The opening shots, the way they're framed, the you know the way it sets the mood, the way the house becomes a character right off the bat. Um, all that stuff is really good, and you add that in the great performances, and it's just, oh, I can't believe it fell so short at the end. Yeah. This is what I mean, I guess, by bad pacing, is because right at, I guess you would say, the climax of the movie, like where, you know, there's the big turn and everything, 
I looked down and there was only 20 minutes left in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how how are you going to fully finish everything that you set up? Because for that first hour and 10 minutes, it's only an hour and a half movie. Yeah. If this, I never say this, but if this horror movie was longer, I would have liked it. <laughs> well, if it was and longer it's not even in the a right horror ways. Movie. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't even call this a horror movie. Well, it's all, again, like, it's more suspense, more thriller. Um, yeah. Those kind of things. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think it feels like something was cut out of this script. It just it feels like there was another because this movie develops like it's it's like it's going to hit you with a twist, right? It deve- yeah. the the movie goes for the first hour and ten minutes, uh, and it's like okay, we are get we're going to get ready to be walloped with a big reveal. Yeah, and not really. And in fact, a lot of the questions the movie uh, leads you to ask, it never even references the answer. It never even decides to go into it. And it's just like, well, well, why did you want me to ask these questions, movie, if you're not even going to touch on them, let alone give me any kind of solid ground to walk on at the end? So, yeah, it's. I, I just feel like something was changed. Some, because it's a movie that feels like it has a big reveal and then just doesn't reveal it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, no, never mind. <laughs> I, I, it, it, you know me, I always have a, a trouble talking about things and then realizing, oh, wait, no, it's better left for spoilers afterwards. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, you haven't really talked about the performances much at all. Who did you like? Who didn't you like of the, the five of the main characters or the only characters? Uh, you know, <laughs> who, who, did you, who yeah. did you think hit it out of the park? Well, uh, I was I'm always a big fan of Dan Stevens because I found that he's just a a fascinating. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong relic or the not relic rental. That's the one we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had the wrong one pulled up. I was about to say Emily Mortimer wasn't in rental. <laughs> no, no, she wasn't. She's in the next one. No, uh, uh, honestly, uh, Jeremy Allen White. I don't know who he is. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. Oh, he's in Shameless. Yeah, that's where I've seen him from. I, I was like, I know I've seen him from somewhere. He's in Shameless. Uh, yeah, he's really good in uh, Shia Levand. Uh, really good. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's it's fun. And, I mean, uh, I get mad at movies like this because it had so much right, but there's just one big wrong that's keeping me from liking it. You know, I, I'm always a huge fan of Dan Stevens and Alison Brie. And I got introduced to Shia Levand, or Vand, I don't know how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I don't either. I thought it was Sheila, so I, I'm, you know, I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. don't, don't, uh, audience do not trust me on pronunciations of names. Yeah, yeah, me either, I, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you have Dave Franco writing and produ- and directing this as well. How many writers were there? One, two... Yeah, three writers. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I agree with you that you know the characters are very well developed, and I just I wanted more, and the movie doesn't justify its actions towards certain characters with any, I guess you would say, care or motivation or feeling Mm -hmm. it's just things are happening and regardless of you know what a character has said or done or it's if there was a rhyme or reason to this movie 
it, it's lost on me. Yeah, no, totally agree. It, it, I'm going to use a, a metaphor of a puzzle. It's like all the pieces are there, and this is going to be a beautiful puzzle once you put it all together. And then this movie, uh, just on the lower half of the puzzle, just started jamming pieces in that didn't fit, and and it just made a muddle mess of, you know, the the bottom of the puzzle, and it just, you know, it, it just taints the whole thing. You know, it's yeah, not, it's not something. It's not something you want to display. It's not something that you're satisfied with, and. It's unfortunate because all the pieces are there, and uh, and it's, I think it's really well done. Um, yeah, imagine uh, the painting of the Last Supper, and just if uh, Da Vinci was painting from left to right, you know the left is so well done, the middle with Jesus is beautiful, but the right is just a bunch of stick figures. Yeah, you know it's like. I, I got to I got to I, I almost said that uh, Leonardo had a deadline for the Last Supper. I don't think that's how things worked back then. So uh, maybe who knows? Who knows? I wasn't yeah. there. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, this is exactly the kind of thriller that I can enjoy. That's the other disappointing yeah. thing about it. This, I'm watching this movie. I'm going. Yes, this isn't this isn't gore. This isn't you know meant to be. I mean, there there's some violence in it, but it's. It's not, I should say for the first, again, hour and 10 minutes, this is how I'm feeling. The last 20 minutes actually do kind of become more run-of-the-mill horror that I'm not all that interested in, and in the bonus of without purpose, uh, you know, so, yeah, yeah it, just, it just doesn't stick the landing in any meaningful way, so I think we've kind of run through that until we get to spoilers for the Sif Spoil, so if you've seen it and you want kind of more opinions on it, um, We'll we'll do a sift spoil on this one. Did you have anything else you wanted to mention, Andrew? Uh, not that I saw, but there was a no post credit scene. I don't think. Okay. Well, there you go. Now you know. Oh, I actually knew what you say. The credits in this movie, pretty smart the way they did it. How the credits look like. Uh, yes. The camera, yeah. you know. Yeah. No. Like, the- oh, that's that's clever. It's just a little oh, a nod, like, hey, that was clever. Good job. I'll throw you a bone for that. And but also infuriating because again, yeah. There and and again, and this is one of the things I want to talk about in spoilers is the during credits scenes um because I think they're I think that's clever if you were saying something. And yeah. the movie isn't saying enough of anything that I understand anything about what's yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, the movie in like the very last thing in the credits is just a big but why? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's just it Yes, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our other um, R-titled horror movie from the week, and that is Relic. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When was the last time you spoke to her? It's been a few weeks. Gran? Mom? She called me a few weeks ago. I think she was scared. She thought someone was coming into the house. Do you know where you were, Mum? I suppose I went out. What's this? I was on the property when your grandfather inherited it. His mind wasn't there in the end. A woman links her mother's increasingly volatile behavior to an evil presence at their family's decaying country home um this is one that's been out for a little bit uh for about a month now i think and has been getting a lot of buzz very high ratings on rotten tomatoes a lot of critics talking about how much they love this movie the director natalie erica james um it's a very personal uh movie to her and um and so one i thought it would be good for us to watch so what did you think uh oh i should mention uh, emily mortimer uh, Bella Heathcote and uh, Robin Nevin are th- the three main characters in this one. So, what did you think, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go with okay. Okay. I'm going to go with this one is okay. So, you were initially leaning, didn't like it, but you're. Well, no, because I've been struggling with my perception of this movie because. The things that are good in this movie are super good, mm-hmm. but then the things in this movie that are bad are really bad. Yeah. So I think, honestly, the best place to land is it's just okay. It'll be interesting to see how on the same page we are with this. I think we're going to land around the same place. Uh, I'm going to be a little higher in the it's just okay than I was with The Rental. Uh, I think this is a slightly better movie than The Rental. Interesting, yeah. interesting thing in, uh, enough, and I, I will start here. I feel like if you take what I loved about Relic and combined it with what I loved about The Rental, you'd have a great movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This movie does well everything that The Rental fails at. (laughs) And this movie fails at, in my opinion, and again, we may not have have the same views on this, but I think this movie fails at all the things that The Rental does well. And so it's like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, oh, could, could we have matched these the idea of these two together, and I, and when I say that, I don't mean the plot. I don't mean you know the very specific things about this movie. I mean in general the way that these movies succeed or the way that they're done. Yeah. Um, I, I would have loved to see the best of both worlds. Um, so yeah, that'll give you kind of a hint at, at how I felt. But uh, but what are some of your thoughts? Uh, I got to start off here. Uh, Natalie Erica James. I don't think I've ever seen a movie she's directed before. But I'm going to look for him now because this movie is incredibly well shot. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say this. The first scene in this movie might be one of the coolest, like most uh, intense like openings to a horror film I've ever seen. And there's not a word said. But yeah. I loved it so much. I'm like, oh. The beginning of this movie, I'm like, oh, I'm in. This is going to be so good. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, then it just kind of, the movie happens. 
<laughs> you know, I think we're gonna have different views on this because um, now, not that I disagree that the movie is well shot and that uh, Natalie Erica James uh, appears again to be a talented director. That is that is actually the one place the two movies, uh, in my opinion, are similar. Uh, they both yeah. are very competently directed and shot. Um, I, I will agree with that. But uh, it sounds to me like the suspense, terror, horror stuff worked for you in this, and it did not for me. Um, oh, no. I don't want to say that. Oh, okay. Because I was yeah, rolling it's my just, eyes It's quite just a the bit. beginning. The beginning of this movie. Because there's one thing. You can only do a spooky silhouette like uh, movement in the background so many times before you're like, okay, up, where is it? Oh, there yes. he is. Or, yeah. You know? You're yeah. like, you know, you got to... No one to hold them, no one to fold them, as a prophet once said. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I have very conflicted and, um, s- seemingly contradictory thoughts on this movie, I think, and maybe it's just because I'm still wrestling with it. It's obviously very s- recent in my mind. I watched it yesterday, yeah. um, and so I'm still processing a lot of it, uh, but I will say you're, you're pointing to something that is the thing I don't like about this movie that, again, is the thing that I liked about the rental, which is, this movie feels relic feels very much based in horror cliche. There's a there's a lot of trope going on in the way this movie is presenting its scares, presenting its horror, all those things. And so when that happens, I tend to just get a little annoyed. I'm just like, how many times do we need to see a dark figure in the background? How many times yeah. do you know we need? a jump scare or a uh, character is going to turn around and something gross is happening moment. You know, these are just horror yeah. movie tropes that have been around for a long time. And I just, I, I don't know, especially somebody who's not into horror. I'm just like, I, I don't need it. Now I say I'm conflicted and contradictory because I think the movie is very purposefully doing this to serve its overall message. Like there's, it is doing, it is saying that, um, and man, I, I don't know how spoiler this is uh, to talk about the meaning and the metaphor and the message of this movie, um, but I'll get into it as much as I, I can a little bit later, because it's not really the, 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 the crux of my point here anyway, um, okay. but because of the metaphor that it's doing, I think it's saying this real life thing that, that this, this metaphor is about feels like a tropey horror movie. And yeah. so, and so it's, I think it's very purposefully using the tropes of horror movies, but but when you're just watching it before you've locked into the metaphor and before you understand, which, by the way, I didn't really lock into the metaphor until the last 10 minutes. And maybe if I watch this movie again, I would I would have a uh, a better experience. And honestly, once I locked into the metaphor, I was like, oh, it was so obvious the whole time. I should have understood what was going on here. No, I'm right there with you because I don't think that the metaphor for this movie is really revealed until this last um, 10, 15 yeah. minutes. And then you're like... Oh, okay, yeah, but then, yeah, it, so, it, then, it, then within you, you you start to question like, well, then why do we spend so much time on this? Because I think if this movie, if if the movie's intention is to really lean into this metaphor, I know it's not really a horror movie, but I'm just going to throw out mother because I think <laughs> that that it's it's a good enough analogy to where the uh, mother really you know, just dives into the metaphor, you know, Mm -hmm. of Mother Nature and God and Mm -hmm. mankind and all that stuff. If the movie had been more upfront with what, if uh, the Relic, I should say, if Relic was more upfront with what it was trying to say, a lot of the stuff 
that uh, was coming beforehand would have made more sense, but it relied so much on, like you said, horror tropes that don't serve the message or the metaphor that in the end you're like, well, then why do we spend all that time? Again, this movie's only an hour and a half long. It's not a long movie. So the fact that there's so much wasted time... Yeah, it's you, it hard. It makes you question. It's hard though because if you treat it as a, and, and honestly, in the day since I've seen this, it is this movie has grown in my estimation because until you lock in on that metaphor, I just felt like I was watching another tropey horror movie. But there is something about a revelation that can make a movie better, you know, on the second watch. Um, and there are certainly plenty of examples of movies we've had in our life that we've both talked about where it's like, oh, I had to immediately watch it again. So it would be, yeah. be better. But with those movies, I feel like the first time through was also still great. And it was just the second time through was great with more revelation, more nuance. This time, my first time through this movie was not that great. It just really yeah. wasn't. I just didn't enjoy myself at all. Again, this movie's not asking me to enjoy myself, but I think you know what I mean. I wasn't I wasn't drawn yeah. in uh, to this movie. But a second time through, I think I would be. So I think this movie would be a better second time view based on uh, an understanding of what's going on and and again i i do wonder if if you know we are the exception to the rule i wonder if more people would pick up on this sooner um than we did and maybe it's to this movie's benefit uh to make that more blatant uh kind of what's going on i just i don't know i just know i didn't have a great experience watching it the first time um and until i got to that last 10 minutes and was like oh Wow, this is really deep and really meaningful, and uh, and and something that a lot of people will identify with, and yeah. uh, and it's a shame I wasn't locked into something like that the whole time. And and part of that's probably on me as the viewer. Um, part of it's on the movie, and it's hard to know, you know, what's what sometimes. But but overall, I think that's why I like it more, and why it continues to kind of grow in my estimation. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, because. <sighs> Unfortunately, because of this ending, which I like as opposed to the rental, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, the ending, though, it makes me just keep going back to the... Um, it doesn't make me go back to the things that make me go, ah, oh, that's what the movie was trying to say. Because there are parts of the movie where I could go back and go, oh, now that, that makes sense, that that leans more to the metaphor and it makes more sense. But instead, my mind goes to the parts where I'm like, well, that doesn't serve anything. It's just mm-hmm. to make it spooky scary. And I've, and it makes me frustrated. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It, it now, sounds to me, Andrew, like we're going to be doing sip spoils on both these movies. because I, I, I really do think we yeah, should. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, now, for the rental, we talked about how well the character development and stuff was how did you feel uh, the characters uh, it's not it's not done the same way this movie is very you'll find out about these characters as you go along mm-hmm. as opposed to the rental which is more along the lines of hey let's set up all of our characters main backstories and then we'll find out more personal stuff about them as the movie goes on this one's just like it's a bunch of strangers for like the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then you start to realize who we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, again, I think the the 
for me overall, and, and some of this has to do with the character development that you're speaking of, the rental feels fresher. It just it feels so much more like something that was made in 2020 that would could be interesting, could do something new, could do something unique. And for, again, 90% of this movie, this just feels like the same old horror movie you've seen in a million different ways. And um, and so and that includes the character development. I, I just wasn't I just wasn't in uh, with these women the way I was in with the two couples in the rental. I just I I just wasn't as interested. And yeah. um, and I, again, if I had known the metaphor, maybe I would have been. Maybe I would have been more alert to some of you know the small nuances. I don't know, but. Um, but no, I, I think I, 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 I was not drawn into these human beings uh, in this movie, um, really, until the end, until the very end. I, I really yeah. just, I didn't, and not, not that I hated them or anything, I just, I, I didn't have that empathy or care for them. I didn't feel like the movie was helping me know them in any meaningful way, other than the very things that were happening on the screen. Yeah. We got the bare necessities for knowing who these people were. Mm-hmm. To yeah. kind to care about them, yeah, you know they they see they were they were emotional people, but they weren't like I should say they were emotional humans up until the very end when they became people. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, sure, yeah, yeah. But uh, and again, it, it, I mean, some of that's probably intentional. I you know I just I just keep thinking of you know where uh, a broader audience can kind of relate to them. Well, no, I just mean, I just mean it is saving that reveal, uh, uh, you know, kind of the depth of that reveal for the end. And so I think, you know, there is, I don't know, it's, it's, I, I am conflicted on this movie. I need more time to wrestle with um, this entire movie. And I, I actually may watch this again. And I don't know what that says about a movie that I'm ranking is it was just okay, uh, that I want to watch it again. Maybe that should mean it's on the high side of just okay, at least. But um, I, yeah, I, I, Talk to me in a week. I'll probably be in the liked it category. I, it's just it feels like one of those movies where because the metaphor is so deep and meaningful that I'm going to connect to it uh, more as time goes on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, no. Po- no post credit scene. There you go. Uh, the only thing we didn't really talk about were the performances. I thought they were all great. I love. I love Emily Mortimer. Um, if you haven't yeah. watched Newsroom, she's one of the best things about that show, and there are a lot of great uh, things about that one show. One of my favorite shows ever. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think Emily Mortimer is great. So um, I yeah. do think it's interesting how both movies, the house was a character. Yeah, in different ways. Yes, I think totally. that the uh, in in Relic, the house is more of a character than uh, it, it than opposed to a place. Ironically, in, in Rental, it feels in Rental, it feels more like a lived in place, even though they're renting the place, renting the house. Right, but it feels like. It's theirs. I don't know why. It just felt like, you know, they belonged. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas not in Relic, but the Relic was not going for that. It was going for something completely different. And it succeeds at what it's trying to do. Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. Um, Very nice. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts on either of these movies. Uh, You can hit us up on Twitter or email us feedback uh, at sifpop.com. That works as well. Before we head on to the Best Ever Challenge, a thank you to our Sif Pop members. We love and appreciate you. Uh, we do a 
Uh, most every week we do a bonus episode for our members, and this week we talked uh, about a little update on our thoughts on the streaming wars. Now that all the streaming systems are out, um, I shouldn't say systems, I should say, uh, what, applications? Services. Uh, services, that's 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 the word. Now that they're all out, we had a conversation on that for our members. Uh, you can check that out at Patreon, patreon.com slash Sifpop. Uh, support starts at three bucks a month and uh, some fun stuff going on there. So we'd love to have you there. And thank you to all our existing members for keeping Sif Pop going. We appreciate you. All right, let's head into the best ever challenge. We're doing best one word R movies. So one word movies that start with the letter R. Pretty decent category here. We've got like a dozen honorable mentions. So quite a few to choose from. Uh, Andrew, do you, you want to can't ca- have the word the you can have the word the. It's an important distinction, uh, although I really only picked one that did, so I'm, I'll be interested to hear if you found some others uh, that do. I have one in my list and then one of my honorable mention. Okay. That's All it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we thought, I mean, I thought, I guess, is when I set this up, like we may need the the movies to, uh, to round out the category, but honestly, there are so many that uh, I don't know that we needed it, but there, there's at least one worth mentioning um, on my list, yeah. at least. So why don't you kick us off at number five? Uh, you're going to trump me, so I'll just go ahead and say <laughs> Roma, get it out of the way. All right. Uh, that's cool that it made your number five, and yeah, I'll trump you. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, okay. Yeah, good, good. In at number five for you. That's nice. Um, my number five, what were you going to say? I said, yep, good. My number five is Rounders, um, which mm, I really enjoy. I mention. As I love a, that movie. As a poker person, uh, I think it had to make my top five. Uh, it is the only movie on my top five that isn't in my top 100 of all time um really so yes the other four uh that i will mention are all in my top 100 of all time so so yeah fascinating only my top two are so so rounders uh if you haven't seen it uh and you like poker uh, what is wrong with you? Uh, it is yeah. <laughs> it's like like it's like must viewing uh, for people who love poker. So you can't uh, say you're a poker player if you haven't seen Rounders. Yeah, and it's not even that it's all that realistic, but for the time it was made, it was so authentic to the game in a way that most people didn't understand. It's it's yeah. hard to remember uh, for me as a poker lover now how little most people know about the game. Um, and this movie did a great job at bringing you into that world without you feeling overwhelmed by what is Texas Hold'em? How does it work? What is a flop? What is a river? You know, like it, it really yeah. led you along well and kind of took the shortcuts it needed to take to tell it, you know, tell a great story and be a great movie. So, yeah, it's really well done stuff. Yep. All right. All right. What's number, number four? four? Yeah. I'm going to go with Rush. Nice. That was in my honorable mentions. Oh, man. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Ron Howard. Uh, this movie is just great. Daniel Brühl is the the if you would if you would have said that a, a a racing movie, just because I'm not really that kind of a guy. Like I'm not really into the whole race thing. Like the mm-hmm. even the Gone in sixty seconds or the Fast and the Furious movies, they're they're entertaining. But I think that you know there's an action element to those movies as opposed to. A movie like even Ford v Ferrari or this, mm-hmm. but the competition between Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Bruhl, those guys was so captivating, and how neither of them are good people, but they're the best at what they do, and they they're willing to sacrifice their their image 
or their uh, likability mm-hmm. to be the best. Yeah. And it's fascinating to watch because you don't know who to root for in this. No, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so great is that the yeah. movie is very much uh, allowing you to empathize with both characters. No, it's really well done. It's it's definitely one of my favorites. So good choice. Good choice. Yep. Your number four. My number four is Rope. Got to get a little Hitchcock in there. Um, uh, yes. So we've talked about this many times before. And uh, yeah, Rope is uh, Hitchcock's quote-unquote one-shot, one-take movie, although at the time, you know, movie reels were only 18 minutes long or 20 minutes long or whatever it is, so, you know, he did, what, five of those, I think, and uh, five or six of them, and made it appear as a one-shot. It's Jimmy Stewart, uh, and it's basically a play. Uh, In fact, we probably talked about this when we talked about movies that came from the stage, uh, because that's definitely where it comes from. So, uh, very good, very... Incredibly tense stuff for a movie that uh, that just takes place in one room over real time. So, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, speaking of movies that take place in one room, uh, my number three is Room. <laughs> yeah. It's a good choice. Um, it's in my honorable mentions. This is a movie where, I gotta be clear, it's not The Room, just Room. The one Correct. with Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay. Correct. Um this is one of the few movies uh, that if somebody, if I'm going to recommend it to somebody, I won't tell them what it's about. I'll just say, I know you, you would love this movie, go watch it, don't look up anything about it. Because the reveal of what this movie's about is so powerful that I think it makes the whole beginning and even middle just fascinating to look back on and realize what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Brie Larson more than deserved that uh, uh, Oscar nomination and win, I think. Yeah, she won. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good stuff. It. Yeah, Great good movie. choice. Uh, that's in my honorable mentions for sure. Yep. You're number three. My number three is The Revenant. Uh, and it is my mm-hmm. o- only with the word the in it. Uh, I think this movie is spectacular. Um, I am so impressed with how this movie is shot, how it's acted. Um, it just, it feels kinetic and real and authentic. The, you know, the Leo performance is, uh, I think a lot of people feel like, you know, he deserved an, an Oscar for other performances. Uh, and that's fine. But uh, I wouldn't dismiss this one. I think it's it's absolutely spectacular. So one of my favorite okay. movies of all time. Oh yeah, uh, uh, and Tom Hardy can't forget about him. I, I think a lot of people uh, forget how good Tom Hardy is in this movie. It is difficult to understand what he's saying because he does speak so gravelly. Uh-huh. But I think the intensity that he brings to that character, like Leo, is just something that is just underappreciated about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole movie is just a performance fest on top of being insanely well shot. This yeah. is a beautiful movie for as bleak and depressing as it is. You can't look away. It's almost like Inaritu is a good director. You know, it's almost like he knows what he's doing. I, I, I think I'm going to start looking at some other films that this up and coming director has done, you know, <laughs> He might be one to look out for. Might you be. Know? Might be. Might be. Yeah. Uh, what do you got at number two? The most depressing movie of all time, The Road. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have that anywhere. Uh, 
but yeah, it's it's certainly well done enough that I understand the shout out. Yeah. Oh man, this movie's so sad. And I thought that the book, I, I, if you can believe that the book is even more depressing than the movie, that's what I've heard. It's yeah. There's some rough stuff that they didn't even put in the movie that I think is good because you're like, uh, I don't think that that's, I don't think I could handle seeing that. But there's, it's just such a helpless movie, helpless and hopeless. Yeah. Even the ending is like, but I don't know. Nothing about it so far has made me go. Yeah, maybe the, everything will turn out okay. Everything about the movie leading up to that point has been, uh, I don't, I can't trust anything anymore. I can't trust this world. And living in 2020, <laughs> you're like, uh, uh, I don't want to. Uh, is 2021 just going to be the road? Is that the next? <laughs> is that thought, the next step? I thought you were going to say you know? in 2020 you watch the road to cheer you up. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly. It, I think by 2025, if we keep going down this path, 20, the road is going to be a, a, hey, look what uh, things could be. If we worked hard enough, we could get back to the road. <laughs> Do you remember when we lived through the road? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, oh, no, uh, it's so depressing that people don't even have names. They're just man and kid. That's right, that's right. Yeah. It'd be too but much. No, uh, Viggo Mortensen, insanely good performance. Uh, and Charlie Theron is in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Real the good. road. Nice choice. Nice choice. My You're number two. My number two is uh, just slightly less depressing. Uh, Ratatouille uh, is what I have at number two. Just um, slightly. Just slightly uh, less depressing. Uh, it is based on the bubonic plague. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It takes place yeah. in France. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, it is great. I mean, it's just a great movie. It's, you know, it's right in the heart there of like Pixar's incredible streak. Um, and they, you know, they just make, they tell great stories. And this is one of them. Perfect voice casting as always. Patton Oswalt is just absolutely perfect as Remy. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's great stuff. Yep. You know me, not a fan of that movie, but I appreciate I know, your love for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my number one. Yeah. Should be no surprise. Rocky. Yeah. I knew it would be. Rocky would be my number six. Uh, just barely missed my list. Mm. Uh, it's. I think it's because even before the Creed movies, I should say, before the Creed movies, uh, the Rocky franchise had a, uh, a, a stank, I guess you could say, of just being cheesy, you know, boxing movies. But mm-hmm. that first Rocky movie was saying something. Yeah, it's really good. It was good. saying something about poverty. It was saying something about... Uh, you know, uh, living t- up to your potential, or uh, you know, being believing in yourself, or you know, any of those things. Uh, it, it's just such a insanely, insanely uplifting and like motivating movie. And of course, the Rocky theme song "Gonna Fly Now" is like one of the most famous songs of all time. You know, yeah. To this day, uh, you can't go to a gym without somebody listening to it just to get them <laughs> self pumped up, you know? Right. Because it speaks to every single one of us of, you know, this is my time. I can do this. I can be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, uh, it's become shorthand for the underdog story. You know, they call it, uh, you yeah. know, a Rocky story. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it does it, it does it well. Um, yeah. 
very, very well. Did I ever tell you uh, when I went to Philly, I did the Rocky Run? Of course you did. I did? Of, co- of course you did the Rocky Run in, in Philadelphia. How, how could you not? Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a lot longer than I thought it was. <laughs> you survived it. So. Yeah. So that works. Uh, and my number one, um, of course, is Groundhog yep. Day, uh, as it yes. is every week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no, it's happening. <laughs> uh, no, nope. my number one is Roma. Uh, I still, when I think about this movie, am moved, uh, just at how beautiful it is and how well done it is. Um, it is just, it is, it is art. And uh, and that is a hard trick to pull off with me because I don't generally like movies that are just art for art's sake. But this is a movie that you can just feel how personal it is, and the choices are just all so perfect. Um, yeah, this one this one always hits me uh, very very well. How many times have you seen it now? Uh, I think I've only seen it like four times, so which is a lot for me. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I haven't. I probably haven't watched it in. A good eight nine months, probably the last time I watched it. So, yeah, I'm looking up. It looks like a uh, Yelitsa uh, Aparicio hasn't really done anything since that. But uh, yeah. I really, uh, she blew me away with that movie. Just so good, so good that you know you just want to see more. And uh, Alfonso Cuarón, uh, he is another director that is an up and coming guy to take yeah. a look at. Keep yeah. an eye on that guy. Yeah. Might do some good stuff. Yeah. What do you got in your honorable mentions? Okay, uh, let's talk about a movie that I think is underappreciated. Uh, I'm going to go with Ransom. Yeah. The Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, it was in mine as well. With him and Greg Kinnear. I think this is a good movie. I think it's a really good movie, actually. Uh, if if <laughs> if Roma wasn't Roma, it would have made my top five. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and number seven, uh, if you are any type of a sports fan, it's illegal for you to not love Rudy. Yeah. 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 Speaking of underdog stories. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want Rudy, Rudy, the, the, what is it? Everybody calls it the, the Jersey scene, the Jersey scene, you know, mm-hmm. uh, gets me every time. Uh, how about the very first, or I guess you should say the number two Wes Anderson film Rushmore. Yeah, I have that in my list as well. Yep. I almost said number one, but I forgot about Bottle Rocket, so... Mm-hmm. But no, Rushmore's good. It's uh, it's it's in that early uh, Wes Anderson era where uh, dryness was king. Mm-hmm. I think that his movies are a lot more accessible now, but they still have that, that Wes Anderson, you know, touch to him. Yeah. That twang. But uh, this one is definitely dry, but still really good. It's fun. How how important this high school it, it, it kind of just really goes all in on the uh, high school is everything sort of mentality and like mm-hmm. this is the most important thing any of these people will, will ever achieve yeah because it kind of feels like that in high school right but uh yeah i know you have a lot more honorable mentions than me so i'll let you finish them up all right, um, Rashomon probably deserves mentioning uh, in this list. Uh, I enjoyed Rocket Man more than most, uh, so I wanted to give a shout out to that. Uh, Steve Martin's Roxanne uh, is worth a watch. Uh, Rango is uh, is really good. I enjoy that. Uh, Ray is good, and then uh, Hitchcock's Rebecca 
uh, is the other one I wanted to uh, to mention is one you probably want to check out. So yeah. those I are... can't believe I forgot Rushmont, even though I just you know gave it a shout out like a couple weeks ago. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that would make my top five. It would make my top five. Nice. Nice. Uh, so there you go. If we forgot any, feel free to let us know. Uh, just hit us up. Uh, at Rambo! The, at, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Rambo. That works. The Room. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. hi, Mark. Uh, Red. Radio. There's, there's plenty that we didn't mention. But uh, yeah. feel, feel free to, uh, to hit us up. Feedback at sifpop.com. All right, let's finish it off, Andrew. What do you got for uh, your buried treasure this week? What's one thing you want to let people know about uh, in any area of pop culture? I'm going to talk about a show that I uh, watched like religiously, but it kind of fell by the wayside as other shows came along. But I started uh, picking up where I left off, and it makes me question why I dropped it in the first place. That's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice. Uh, I stopped watching halfway through the fifth, fifth season, because I think that's like right around the time they started doing the transition from Fox and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm like, oh, what did I ever give it up on? Andre Brower is the best thing about that show. And it, it, the funny thing is, if you said that about any other person in that show, I would get it. If you said, oh, Terry Crews is the best thing of the show, or Andy mm-hmm. Samberg, right. or uh, any of them, I would have been like, yeah, I get it. They're all so good. I love that ensemble so much. But the correct answer is Andre Brower is the best thing about that show. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that entire cast is uh, pretty amazing. So, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where you just you watch everybody do great work and, and have a good time watching it. So, uh, yep. great choice. Speaking of, uh, you know, streaming services, like we talked about in our members-only pre-show, uh, all Brooklyn Nine-Nine is on uh, the Peacock. So, if you do oh, have uh, that. I've been watching it on Hulu. And it's also on Hulu as well. Yep. So, there you go. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my favorite band of all time. Andrew, do you know if my favorite band of all time is? Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. That is correct. Uh, love me some Hootie. Uh, yeah. so good, good call. Good call. Nope. Yeah. Nope. That is incorrect. Uh, it is, uh, Switchfoot is my favorite band of all time and they have a new EP out called Covers and they just covering, I think six different songs. Uh, including uh, stuff from the Chainsmokers, Vampire Weekend, um, The Verve. Uh, so, um, so some good stuff on there, and uh, I've been jamming that. And I just had a friend uh, ask me about one of the songs, and I was like, you know what? I haven't, you know, talked about Switchfoot uh, a lot recently. If Switchfoot was a band that you remember hearing about, remember enjoying, uh, they have been making consistently amazing music uh, for the last twenty years, uh, at least. Um, so uh, something definitely to check out uh, some of their more recent stuff because it's still really, really good. So I wanted to yep. give that a shout out. Uh, I think Dare You to Move is like really the only one, like the only song that I can really remember off mm-hmm. the top of my head. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was I think, their biggest hit, uh, you know, uh, was Dare You to Move. But um, I think that was, yeah, that was oof, almost 15 years ago maybe. Is that the beautiful letter? Oh, it, had to be, it has to be at least. 20 so because that movie came out when i was no that movie or that movie that song came out in 2000 so that would have been my fresh no freshman year of high school so yeah right around 2000 2001 i bet 
So 22 years at least. Yeah. Yeah, they've been around a while. Yeah, I think that was, yeah, that was 2000 was when that came out. So. Yep. Yep. So, oh, yeah. Meant to Live. That's the other one that I uh, forgot about. Meant to Live. Yeah. Um, that was that was all the beautiful letdown uh, CD, I think. And that has some great stuff on it. So, But like yep. I said, if, that's, if you just remember them from the beautiful letdown in that time area 20 years ago, uh, just know there's lots of great music uh, for you to check out since then. They, they continue to do amazing stuff. So uh, awesome. I wanted to throw that out. What, what was the uh, name of the new EP? Just called Covers. And uh, six cover songs. I think six cover songs that they do. So there you go. We did it, Andrew. Woo! We made it happen. We got through some horror movies, talked about them and everything. So good. Maybe my house will be haunted when I'm finished, uh, (laughs) you know, renovating it. Probably already is. Probably already is. I think they all are. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to Phil for producing the show. Thanks, Phil. And much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for making this possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. You get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash siftpop uh, if you're interested. And thank you very much. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also email us any questions you might have or any feedback to feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than exfoliating a demon relative. Uh, we will be back next week with, uh, I think the Seth Rogen Pickle movie comes out this week, so maybe we'll talk about that one. Whatever the case, yeah. we will see you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.